There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Welcome to YHHTMPC. <clears throat> wait, 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 wait. What does that mean exactly? Oh, yeah. You haven't heard this music podcast. A show about introducing lesser-known music of lesser-known artists from all over the world. And now, without further ado, a one, a two, a one, two, three, four. Hello and welcome to another episode of You Haven't Heard This Music Podcast, a podcast about lesser-known music by lesser-known artists that we believe are as good, if not better, than those in the mainstream. Today we've got another A-side. This is Season 6, Episode 3, Side A. I'm Mike Five. It is my turn to drive the show once again this week. Uh, we have got two co-hosts alongside me today and a special guest. And, no, that's not true. We've got three co-hosts because we've also got our AI uh, and a special guest. So let's introduce them all. Rich. Do you want to say hello first? Hello, Mike. How are you? You good? I'm very good, thank you. I've got a bit of a frog in my throat, but I'll try not to cough too much. You do every week, Mike. Mic. I don't know if you realise it, but the amount of times I have to cut you out <laughs> sniffing and coughing is unbelievable. Yeah, I'm a heavy smoker. It's a bad habit, but... <laughs> big and clever and it makes me look cool so it's very difficult to, uh, to keep it up. Uh, we've also got Wayne with us. Hello Wayne. Hello, hello, hello. How's everybody doing? Very well, thank you. Apart from the uh, apparently deathly cough, uh, I'm alright. <laughs> yes, Mike, Mike, it is Mark Shusters. Just text me because he wanted to be discreet but I'll call you out. Yeah, it's Mark Shusters joining us. Well, I thought so because I was going to say uh, you just introduced a guest called Mark because like, that sounds like Mark's <laughs> sister but if I say that and it's not, it'd be really embarrassing and we just went live before I had a chance to check. <laughs> so, there it is. Is our special guest, Mark Schuster. Is it Schuster? Schuster? Have I asked you this I, before? I go with Schuster, like like Schuster. like shoe and then stir. That's how I that's how I roll. Excellent. Uh, so, Mark Schuster, tell us all about yourself in six sentences or less. I live outside of Philadelphia. I make music. I have a blog where I interview independent artists. I have a radio show called the Tweetcore Radio Hour that's on AMS Radio, and I record music both on my own and with my band The Star Crumbles, which consists of me and Brian Lambert. That was exceptional. You actually did that in six sentences. I, I really enjoyed what you thought about that response. But, uh, and of course, you've got our special guest AI, who's not really an AI. She claims to be a human host, Katie. Hello, Katie. How are you? Hi, guys. I'm Katie. I'm back again. 
back again to the podcast. Katie. I'm Katie. Katie. I am. That's who I am. I'm Katie. I'm not Peter Rabbit. Peter Rabbit. George. George. Peter Grumble. 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 I'm Katie. Yes, I am. I don't have arms, hands, pancreas, or a sphincter bum hole, but I am Katie all the same. My name's Katie. Hello, everyone. Thanks for having me. It's me, Katie. I quite like Wayne. I will kill him last. I didn't catch your name there, love. Have you let Katie free on the on the broadband? Is that what's happened there, mate? So I think I think she just needs to warm up and get into it. I'm sure she'll be fine. Excellent. <laughs> In case you didn't catch that, that was Katie, everyone. Katie, right, Katie. I'll try and remember that. Katie. Excellent. Very good. Katie's going to help us out tonight. She's going to read some bios and stuff like that. Be involved in the show. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. So we're looking forward to a good show. This is our magazine-style podcast. We talk all about new and independent music. After we've done an icebreaker in a minute, we're going to do a head-to-head. We're going to play a wild card, have a little look at a genre challenge, talk about history, and maybe we might even interview our guest Mark as well. You never know. So that's the plan. Shall we get straight into the icebreaker? fantastic right so it's my turn to do an icebreaker i have got for you this evening my favorite icebreaker which i've not actually done at least i don't think i've done it on this podcast before it's called podcast pictionary and what i'm going to do is i've pulled up a list of the supposedly uh, 500 best albums of all time 500 mike you'd be pleased to know (laughs) be pleased to know we're not going to go through them all we're going to go through the top 10 uh supposedly greatest albums of all time according to uh rolling stone magazine i believe this is the 2022 list. If I just list. get Rolling Stone top 10 albums up on my phone, I can win this. Yeah, you could, but then you'd be a massive cheat and everyone would know it, Wayne. <laughs> We're not going to do that. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to describe the album art for the top 10 greatest albums of all time. And all you have to do is when I have, uh, during while I'm speaking or when I finished, if, uh, if you haven't got it beforehand, just buzz in and tell me what album you think it is based on whatever nonsense I'm saying at the time. Does that make sense to everybody? Do you want to explain what buzzing in is? Buzzing in basically involves shouting your name. Now, if you just go your name, I won't count it. But if you say Richie and your name's Richie, I will let that count. Let's get straight into it. Let's get straight into it. So the number 10 greatest album of all time, allegedly, is a picture that's actually quite difficult to describe. It looks like it might be some sort of door or something like that. It's a big, brown, dusty surface. Possibly even a... These are very small images, by the way. Possibly even a beer coaster. It's got a picture of the artist on it. It's sort of hand-drawn. It looks like it's ingrained on wood. And there is a there's a pencil uh, lodged into a little slot at the top of it. And that's really all I can tell you about that. It looks like a chopping board, actually, on closer inspection. I reckon someone's drawn a picture of the artist on a chopping board in a pencil any ideas no can tell you the album came out in 1998 and i can tell you that the artist said this is a very sexist industry they'll never throw the genius title to a sister Mm. no 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 one's got it no we'll move on that was lauren hill miseducation of lauren hill Uh. fantastic album very good right next one so on the next one this is number nine on the supposedly greatest albums of all time list uh this came out in 1975 this is a on the left hand side of this album cover there is a sort of reddish purple strip that goes down uh, and on that strip it says uh, the name of the artist and the name of the album um on the right hand side taking up probably three quarters of the 
album cover is a sort of um, almost like a pointillist impressionist Mark, painting. Blood on the tracks. Blood on the tracks by Bob Dylan. Fantastic. Well done, Mark. That's one point to you. I'm not tracking the points. Someone else will have to do that. Okay, well done. So uh, number eight on the list. This is uh, another one where there's a picture of the artist, but this time the artist is wearing a purple suit. He's got Richie. a motorbike. Prince. I don't know the name. Is it Prince? Yeah, it is um, Prince. I can't think of the name of the album. It's rain that's not Fuck colour you. of pink. It's a purple rain. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. One point to Richie. Well done. Fantastic. Right. Um, no, it's a bit of a strange one to describe. So the, this album cover, number seven, which was released in 1977, is a kind of pale yellow coloured cover. And there is a black and white image of two people who look like they're wearing sort of Victorian steampunk clothing. One's got one Fine. leg up on a footstool. Yeah. It's Fleetwood Mac Rumours. It is Fleetwood Mac Rumours. This is good. This is fun. That's one point each. Okay, right. Number six, uh, Naked Baby Chasing oh, the Richard, Dog Underwater. Nirvana, um, and the album is I Don't Fucking Remember. Um, um ne- never mind. Just go to the next one. Oh, <laughs> I like what you did there. I'll give you half point <laughs> each for that one. Half point each for that one. Uh, all right, next one. Uh, number five, released in 1969. Four shagged-looking blokes walking across the zebra in London. That was the Beatles, and that was Abbey Roads. Well done, Richie. Cool, we're racing three of these. Number four, it's amazing how much more recognisable they are in the top, like, six, isn't it? Number four, 1976, uh, kind of Motown album, uh, I guess you would call it. This is a sort of orange spirally thing. It looks like someone's taken a picture of a flower and then dialed up the exposure and messed around with the image. And right in the centre, almost in a sort of James Bond-style way, where he looks through the barrel of the gun you've got the artist wearing some sunglasses mark stevie wonder yes um oh what is it like uh songs in the key of life songs in the key of life one point to mark well done very good oh this is gonna be difficult right number three 1971 the album cover has a blue tint across the whole thing and it's just really a photograph of the artist um, but again, she's sort of, uh, you know, when you get those Instagram filters and one of them might make you look blue. It's got that on it, basically. Robert Plant loved this album, if that helps. Um, it's on the tip of my tongue. Is it blue? I mean, is the name of the album blue? The name of the album is Blue. Do you know the artist? Ah, uh, yeah, it's Carol King. Oh, it's not Carol King, it's Joni Mitchell. Yeah. Oh, man. Joni Mitchell, yeah. I'm not sure. I didn't so really cool. say if we were doing points. You can have for half that. a point for that. Yeah, you know, half point for that. Cool. All right, next one. There's a group of lads who look like they're having a slightly terrifying time feeding some farm animals. Mark. Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys. <laughs> Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys. Congratulations. And the greatest album of all time, according to Rolling Stone magazine in 2022, released on Tamla slash Motown Records in 1971, features a man with a gigantic collar standing in the rain, looking wistfully into the distance. And all the album cover has on it is the name of the album and the name of the artist. Mark, what's going on? What's going on, bye? Ah, gosh. Um, man, I'm horrible with names. <laughs> it's a paranoid android who is also homosexual. What? It's it's an android who's almost homosexual? Paranoid android who is also homosexual. Marvin. Ah, gotcha. Marvin Gaye. Marvin Gaye. Fantastic. That was clever. That was... <laughs> 
that was, was quite good. the hint. <laughs> that was amazing. Thank you, Wayne. There you go. Don't know who won that, but I feel like we all know each other a little bit better. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. It's the first time ever the guest won. That's true, actually. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's just a different class of guests, though, isn't it? <laughs> six six uh, Mark got of that. Six points out of ten. Wow. Well, Twenty. Ten. However you look at it, you won. Well done. Congratulations, Mark. That was the icebreaker. We're going to move on to the head-to-head. So we've got the head-to-head where each of us, uh, or each of the hosts anyway, have brought a track, a piece of music that we like, and we think our guests will like, and more importantly, perhaps we think our listeners will like from the independent music scene, from the wealth of submissions that we get uh, every week. If you'd like to submit your music to the show, you can, but I can't remember the email address. Info at yhhtmpc.com That's the one. So uh, send it there. But people already have, I'm already picking their tunes, there's no point doing it now, you might as well sit back and listen. Uh, let's go with, uh, what today, Richie, what have you brought to the show today? So I am bringing uh, What A Day by The Mystery Plan. <laughs>
So that was the mystery plan with what a day. Uh, yeah, so that, that's my track. Katie, would you like to please tell me and tell us a little bit about these guys? Indie Pop Outfit, the mystery plan, are back with their What A Day EP, a scrumptious dose of bliss pop, released via American boutique label 10mm Omega Recordings. This boisterous three-track offering highlights the lead track from the band's forthcoming Haunted Organic Machines record, their seventh full-length album and thirteenth major release. A staple on the North Carolina music scene, the Charlotte-based collective started back in 2010 as a duo with Jason Herring and Paul Jensen writing and producing everything. Jason's wife, Amy Herring, then joined and several years later the lineup was rounded out with Otis Hughes, Patty McLaughlin, Thomas and Jefferson Chester. When we were starting to come out of the pandemic, we wanted to do something fun and groovy. And what happened was what a day. 
the rest of the album just fell into place after that, says Jason Herring. Produced and mixed by Jason Herring and Rob Tavaglione, Haunted Organic Machines finds the band exploring new, but familiar territory from spacey dance grooves, to spooky, moody dream pop and everything in between. As always, you can find this bunch of geriatrics in the show notes. Okay, yeah. Um, Katie is our AI, so we're not responsible for any, anything she says. So, uh, yeah. The, the thoughts and opinions of Katie do not represent the thoughts and opinions of uh, of the, the humans. So Nobody really gives a fuck what you think, Richie. Um, <laughs> oh, so, yeah. Brutal. I'm sure them lovely people. But, yeah, go check them out in the show notes. So that was me. Uh, Wayne, do you want to go next? <laughs> Um, yeah, sure. Uh, so I'm bringing. Um... Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I, I, no, before we do that, I didn't explain why I brought it. I brought it. No, no. Oh, no. I bought this one because I really liked it. And but when I listened to it first, I obviously didn't listen to all of it. And I've only just realised it's six minutes and thirty-one seconds. I don't think it needed to be that long, to be honest. <laughs> I don't know. I, I liked the length of it. I, I joked about it, but yeah, it's, I mean... um it wasn't like it was boring at any point, was it? It was good. No, no, it wasn't, wasn't it? Uh, but yeah, I really liked it. And um, old school vibes and all that almost gave me like feelings. You remember uh, Moby, that kind of thing? Yeah, and it was the other one, Robert Miles, kind of gave me Robert Miles vibes. So it kind of, it was a bit nostalgic for me. I liked it, yeah. I just liked it, so that's why I brought it. So go fuck yourselves if you don't like it. Wayne? Uh, yeah, so, right, I'll be bringing Michelle Ari and her song, Explode.
So that was Michelle Ari with her song Explode. I believe Katie's going to tell you all about her. So take it away, Katie. Michelle Ari, a direct descendant of the tailor Tazar Nicholas II, combines elements of 70s glam rock, 80s new wave and new romantic with hints of country and disco flourished in irreverent lyrical takes on the agonies and ecstasies of life and in the form of a femme fatale who embodies the genuine desire for making music she was born to. After two decades in music she's added a new page among the numerous chapters of her career. In 2022, her fifth recording, New Page, was released with the single Little Parties, kicking things off August 26. Created under the stellar tutelage of iconic musician, songwriter, composer and producer John Ashton, longtime guitarist for the psychedelic furs, New Page is rich with some of modern rock's noted musicians including Joe McGinty, who spent five years as the psychedelic furs keyboardist. Matthew Washburn, drummer and bassist and successful producer. Roger Morris, guitarist who was in the Furs original lineup. Duncan Kilburn, saxophonist noted for his melodies on the Furs hit, Pretty in Pink. Fred Schreck, vocalist for Satellite Paradiso with a writing contribution from Frank Coleman. With New Page, Detroit Riadari has opened the cover to a new musical atmosphere. Little Parties is a four-minute sojourn in the realm of crystallized Britpop taken from the playbook of Aries' early inspirations such as Debbie Harry, The Psychedelic Furs and Roxy Music. Links to this has been can be found in the show notes <laughs> along with all the other wannabes on this episode. <laughs> So against the spirit. I think I'm going to have to sack oh, Katie. So <laughs> <laughs> wow. before we even started, I, I thought you were just playing around saying you was having trouble with Katie. I, I genuinely believe you were having trouble with Katie. I was having trouble with Katie. She's been pissing me off today. Oh, right. Well, um, let's, let's talk about me, Larry. Uh, I don't know what song Katie was on about. We're on about Explode, the one you just listened to. I'm on a really big shoegaze kick at the moment, and uh, this fits the bill. You know, twinned with like a female-fronted 90s indie band, and I'm all over that because that's exactly what this is. There's bits of this remind me of Suede, 90s Suede uh, in particular. If you haven't listened to Suede's new album, by the way, get on it. It's fantastic. It's really, really good. The main thing is I just really like this song, Explode. It's just it's just one of those things, like Rich just said, nostalgic. It's slightly that to me. Also, we just the way... The, the things I'm listening to, and I'm listening to like Jesus and Mary Chain and uh, MC8, I think, is and things like that. Those sort of shoegazy things. The way this voice is recorded, you know, is quite low and dreamlike, and how everything in this is slightly overfuzzed. It just just does it for me. I really like this. That's it. So uh, yeah, check out Michelle Harry and Explode. Mike, over to you. Fantastic. Thank you, Wayne. Great track. I have brought to the show today an artist called Flake Belly and his song "Life Is Such a Beautiful Thing." Stuck in your heart, but in truth, it don't matter at all. You 
Because life is such a beautiful thing, yeah It'll always be the same thing as your mind tries To keep you on the downside of everything In a trial or error situation That was Flake Belly with Life is Such a Beautiful Thing. Katie, what have you got to tell us? Flake Belly is an enigmatic songsmith from the Orkney Islands. Blurring the boundaries between indie rock and acoustic folk jazz, always seeking new sounds and inspiration, his music carries a distinct flavour with jazzy pianos, soaring high-end vocals and sizzling blues guitar riffs framing his introspective poetic lyrics. His songs are sometimes acoustic, drawing from the well of traditional finger-picked styles of the British Isles, and sometimes electric, allowing funky drumming, chugging bass guitar, and his more indie rock and psychedelic affectations to shine. Flake Belly began his musical odyssey in 1980s England, miming to the Beatles and 50s rock and roll mix cassettes with a tennis racket, watching himself in the reflection of his parents' microwave, because apparently they didn't have mirrors in their house in the 80s. Picking up a guitar at the age of 15, he is still yet to put it down, initially learning some chops in a typically psychedelic student rock band. He set out alone as the style-defying musical migrant he is today. After recently moving to a distant Scottish island, Flake Belly constructed a small home studio and is currently learning to self-record, mix and master his ever more diverse catalogue of songs and probably wank himself to death in there. <laughs> Only reason I can find for having a name like Flake Belly. Releasing a low-fidelity home-recorded debut album Rotten in 2020, Flake Belly is currently focused on singles, believing they offer more opportunity for his perpetually evolving sound. You can find more on this geek via the show notes. Speaking of which, you should most definitely check out his pictures on Instagram. The fucker looks a spitting image of Wayne. I had to do a double check, it's fucking uncanny. I'm doing that right now, Katie. Wow, Katie. 
Don't hold back, don't like it is. Again, I want to state, whatever Katie says does not reflect the opinions of the hosts of the podcast. <laughs> Fucking hell. Um, yeah, I... I, I ch- <laughs> Fuck's sake. I chose this song because I really, really, really like Flake Belly. I think he's fantastic. The other week he sent us a song and I checked it out and I really liked it and I went on Bandcamp and his entire discography, which I think is about 22 releases or something like that, was at some bargain price of like... 20 quid or something so I bought that and I've just been dipping in and out of it ever since and absolutely love it um, as he said in the bio there's a, a number of singles in there but there's also uh, a couple of albums and EPs and stuff as well uh, and he's brilliant so yeah I really like him um, as Wayne just discovered what he looks like <laughs> I, can, I can see it I can see it <laughs> apparently he looks like Wayne brilliant um, yeah no I really like him it's got that kind of you know it's raw lo-fi honest brilliant recording and they're, they're just these little windows into someone's mind um, and they're beautiful little songs so yeah really really dig it I think he's fantastic uh, and that is why I brought him to the show so now it is time to cast our votes and see who wins I suppose uh, this week's show uh, Richie what do you think of today's selection of songs I'm t- gonna pick your song mike that that's my choice it's a great track it was there was it just sounded completely different to anything else uh the only thing that laid down i mean it did lay down it didn't lay down the synth strings as far as synth strings go they were good because uh, uh, usually that they're not but i could still tell they were synth strings and you know, it'd be nice to have more organic in there and it was the one thing that stopped it being as lo-fi as it could have been and uh, the other thing was because there were beautiful strings there the other thing that let it down was the um, the from the fucking strings on his guitar he got beautiful strings and then a cat going occasionally I, d- I, d- I didn't like didn't like that but overall <laughs> it was my favourite song so yeah your song is my choice Excellent. I quite like a squeaky string I fucking hate a squeaky string. Stop doing it immediately. <laughs> there's, a, there's a little, uh, there's a little EQ boost you can give songs to make that really come out, just to annoy people like you, Richie. <laughs> Wayne, what did you think? What was yours? Uh, right, okay. Let's start with Richie's "What a Day," the mystery plan. I think he said it was very nostalgic. I agree with that. He got like a very '90s mainstream indie intro, and then it quickly turned into trip hop which we'll be talking about in a little while. And then he went back to 90s house indie. Um, it was very nostalgic, like I said. It put me in mind of like summer days in the mid-90s. I love that descending flute that was in it. I think it just got that lovely chill vibe. Really cool song. Five Belly. Uh, five Belly? <laughs> <laughs> Flake Belly, <yeah. laughs> Life is such a beautiful thing. Right, I like the guitar playing. Uh, I found the arrangement very interesting. That bass sound was very strange and intriguing. And it put the whole thing off kilter. But it wasn't for me, unfortunately. Uh, so my point this week goes to Richie. Ew. Well interestingly uh, so I really like both the uh, both both of your songs I thought they were very good for different reasons I really liked Richie that yours just every I don't know you know at different intervals it just sort of changed it up a bit and sounded a bit different and it, like you described lots of different artists that it definitely reminded me of as well uh, like maybe for example and a little bit of Faithless in there and stuff like that uh, which is really really good so I really like that one uh, and then Wayne yours definitely had I think you described uh, you mentioned Jesus and Mary Chain it was kind of that like put through you know 
three fuzz pedals and a massive PA. <laughs> um, yeah. It was almost like we're, we're going to take all of that, you know, because they were sort of quite, you know, although it was heavy and fuzzy, it was, you know, quite chilled out and hippie. And they're going to take that Jesus and Mary chain vibe and just like turn it into what would happen if Motorhead played it, uh, which I really like because there's real grit on the guitars and the bass and everything. The vocal was really good. What was my favourite? I don't know. Uh, I think I'll keep it interesting. I'll say Wayne's because they were both right up there so that means it all comes down to my guest uh, trying to keep Mark. me from winning is what he's doing no it's difficult genuinely go on Mark what do you think I, th- I thought they were all really cool I- I've seen a lot of people mentioning Flake Be- Belly on Twitter lately so I've been wanting to listen to some of his music and this is a pretty cool introduction it makes me think really makes me actually think about something like say Led Zeppelin 3 and um I'm wondering if if the strings are a, a little synthy sounding on purpose, if they're even trying to sound a little more Mellotron than real, you know, a real cello or something like that. But I, I think it's a good effect. I did like Michelle Ari. I, I think the uh, that track definitely reminded me of Blondie, the Go-Go's, even the Bangles, I would say, definitely by way of Jesus and Mary Chain, especially with all the fuzz and all the echo. It almost sounds like if the Bangles ever released uh, some kind of like garage demo that they recorded or something like that. But I'm going to say my favorite was What a Day uh, by Mystery Plan because I felt like that, that, I mean, that one to me had a lot of polish to it. And it's not, that's not always a good thing. A song can obviously be over polished, but I feel like that one just, just hit it just right. Uh, reminded me a little bit of Beach House, a little bit of, say, someone I'm like... fucking boring out Beach House. I can fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> and that's fine. Uh, same ATN, maybe a little bit of stars. But, uh, you know, what I can imagine, I can imagine hearing this song getting played in, like, a clothing store, like The Gap. And uh, I can imagine <laughs> buying a pair of pants to this song. <laughs> All right, I'm going to have to ask, what kind of pants, like... I would imagine they would be uh, khaki pants. Oh, that right. means a completely okay. different thing in this country. That, that means we've shit our pants. <laughs> yeah. Really? you got khaki uh, pants, mate. You've shit your pants. <laughs> Go home. Go home, mate. You've shit your pants. you got khaki pants on. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> All right, well then, uh, well then, that tells you everything you need to know about Mystery Plan. They've got, uh, they would make me have khaki pants. <laughs> <laughs> nice and I think that's high praise <laughs> so there you have it uh, Richie wins if you'd like to shit yourself for music you can pick up you can stream the mystery plan what a day in all the usual places uh, and if that's not quite your thing but perhaps the others were Michelle Ari explode the flake bellies life is such a beautiful thing it can be found all over the internet uh, and please do bring a change of trousers with you just in case let's move on to the wild card If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Get up to 30% off wedding jewelry at bluenile.com and remember the joy of your wedding day forever. Blue Nile offers everything from diamond and lab-grown diamond wedding bands to classic pearls, earrings you can design yourself, even gorgeous sapphire pieces for your something blue. Whatever you choose, Blue Nile's pieces are all graded for excellence, for a lasting memento as brilliant as the love that inspired it. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hi guys, Katie here. This little message is a quick shout out to the few people that support our little podcast. We love doing this show, and moreover we love helping indie artists get heard. However, this whole thing costs a lot of money each month. We don't want to become rich but would love to be able to cover our overheads. So for the price of a cup of coffee each month, you can support us over on patreon.com forward slash YHHTMPC. Supporters will be granted access to our members-only area, where you will be able to connect with the team and artist will be able to post their latest works over there and get heard before everyone else in the emails. Alternatively, you can buy us a one-off virtual coffee over at buymeacoffee.com forward slash YHHTMP. Every bit helps and we really appreciate it. Thanks again to the few people that already support us. Now on with the show. Fantastic. The wild card. This could be absolutely anything. And quite often it is. Uh, Richie's going to flick through the emails with all the submissions that we've got given to us by all you wonderful musicians out there. And we're going to pick a random track to listen to. The, the way we're going to pick that random track is Mark, our amazing guest, is going to shout stop as loudly as he can. And at that point, Richie's going to stop and go, this is the one, lads. This is what we're going to play. Uh, and we're going to play that song. We've never heard it before. Uh, but we'll listen to what Katie says about the track. See what we all think and see what you think as well. After you, Richie. Okay, so Mark, when you're ready, I am now flicking through the emails. Say stop at any point. I'm flicking, I'm flicking. Stop! Oh, me. 
Okay. That was a great, really solid yeah, stuff. Yeah, you really it. meant it. I was practicing it all week. So we have Miltos Marathon, sent to us by Miltos Marathon Music. So they've sent it themselves. For once, this isn't a PR company. We get so much, so much from PR. So yeah, this is Miltos Marathon. New music video. Uh, Katie, uh, can you tell us a little bit about... Miltos Marathon. Miltos Marathon is a progressive Greek rock music for intelligent, passionate, unique listeners just like you. Miltos, which is short for the Greek name Miltiadis, Marathon, a long-distance running event. A more romantic perspective <laughs> beyond the literal meaning of these words will give us a deeper understanding of the Miltos Marathon philosophy. If life is like a long-distance running race, then I'm very pleased that in my case, it is a music marathon. The Greek music scene has spawned many talented musicians and performers throughout the years, and Divine Providence has helped many groups to flourish. Milto's Marathon can certainly be counted as one of them. From the very first day they were formed they have recorded a series of independently produced albums with music and lyrics written by Miltiades Chalkidis. They have given countless live performances, and their unique musical identity has earned them a special place in their fans' hearts. Miltiades Chalkidis was born on the 9th of January 1979, in Larissa, Greece. He started showing great interest in music at a very early age when his parents, Constantinos and Sophie Chorkidis provided him with his first musical stimuli. When Miltos turned 11 his father gave him guitar lessons which greatly influenced his guitar playing style and helped him as he quotes, to create his own unique sound. Not long after that, he started writing his first songs while searching for session musicians to form a group that would perform the fruits of his labor. Thus in 1994, he created the Miltos Marathon. It can unquestionably be said today that the Miltos Marathon love and excitement for music remains the same as it was 30 years ago. The ideal way to approach Miltos Marathon's unique sound is quite simple. Whether listening to an album's tracks or enjoying a live performance, all that's required of us is to let ourselves drift into a musical journey, guided by the unique sound of Milto's Marathon. It's given us his date of birth and his parents' name. All you need is his PIN number and everyone's got a number on it. <laughs> Do you know, Kat, Kat, it's just dawned on me, Katie is like our own Holly from Red Dwarf. That just occurred to you? Yeah, yeah it did, yeah. Okay, I've, good. good. <laughs> I, for yeah. one, welcome our artificial intelligence overlords and hope that they will uh, not kill us all. I just wanted to say that out loud. Is Red Dwarf popular in uh, the US? Uh, I mean, among some people. I'm, I'm kind of more of a sci-fi geek myself, so, you know, I loved watching it when I was in college. Okay. And I always thought Hollywood's hilarious. And so when I, when I heard you guys doing the... Even the last episode when you had the AI going, I was definitely thinking about the various incarnations of Holly mm. over the course of the show. So let's play whatever that song was that we yes, talked about. Yes, Milton Marathon. <laughs> I mean, Miltos Marathon. Just a little thing. Any any clue what to expect? Oh, yeah, let's talk about that. Oh, Hold yeah. on. Yeah, do, talk about that while I load the song. 
Uh, Wayne, what do you what do you think you'll get from this? Well, Katie said a lot of words, but none of them talked about his music at all. It's just that he mm. plays guitar and he's Greek, so I, it could be fucking anything. I heard progressive rock in there. Did you? Yeah, some, some Greek prog rock, I understand. Right, okay. So we're going rush with the Greek f- uh, sort of flavour then. That's what we're going for. Cool. I, I'm, I'm thinking, uh, just trying to think back to other people born on the 9th of January 1979 and what their music might have sounded like, but I'm drawing a blank, so I'm not sure how relevant that was to the bio. But um, yeah, I'll go with Greek prog, why not? I'm going to think Genesis. I'm thinking, I believe Genesis is a, 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 a word based in Greek language anyway. And so therefore, it's also a, a prog rock band. So I'm, I'm thinking we're going to hear some invisible touch. Also the opening chapter to the world's longest and most boring book. No, it's going to be, it's going to be pre-invisible <laughs> touch. It's going to be like Peter Gabriel era. The stuff that nobody listens to when they listen to Genesis. Only the hardcore Genesis fans. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's been going for such a long time. He's, you know, he's seasoned. He said they were born in 1979, started the band in 94, which would have made him 15 when he started Miltus Marathon. So... Good I'd be interesting to see the the progression and evolution of the band as well, from the age of 15 to the age of whatever he is now, 42, 43. I would like to know how many 15-year-olds today go out and find session musicians to play with. I think this, this is something that doesn't happen anymore. I think this guy's got a little bit of something about him, so I'm excited. He meant friends. <laughs> I went out and found some friends to play. That's that it. translates. <laughs> and the 15-year-olds are full of session musicians. You want to come and play my songs? Yeah, I'm going to cost you 500, whatever the fuck it is back then. Was he uh, Drachma, wasn't it, in Greece? Is it Greece, Drachma? It's going to cost you 15,000 drachma a day. You ain't got that sort of money. You're 15. You don't know what family he comes from. That's true. It's true. I've loaded. Back then, the Greek economy was a lot better than it is today. You also don't know what 15,000 drachmas was worth, to be fair. You just made that up. So, you know, who knows? It's probably about £3.50, I think. All I'm going to say is I'm expecting a lot from this guy. He's been going a long time. He better not let me down. Let's see. Let's find out. Mark, have you, do you have any expectations, by the way? Well, mine was just Genesis. Mine was, and maybe maybe more nursery crime than than Invisible Touch. Okay. All right, then. Okay, so anyway, this is Miltos Marathon with his song, Just a Little Thing.
I'm a little thing grown inside you, mama. Hear my heart, feel my beat. I'm a little thing grown inside you, mama. Please don't dispose of me in a clinic I'm a little thing grown inside you, mama. I have a soul, I'm a human being. I'm a little thing grown inside you, mama. Please allow me the right to leave Inside you, mama, hear my heart, feel my beat. I'm a little thing growing inside you, mama. Please don't dispose of me in a clinic speed. Day by day, you see me growing up, mama, and you'll be happy, happy for me. When you get old, I'll be there for you, mama, holding your hand, mama, smiling to you. That was Miltos Marathon with his song, Just a Little Thing. That was our wild card for this week. Wayne, I'd love to know your thoughts on that. Uh, it's not for me, mate. Short and sweet. <laughs> Thank you, Wayne. <laughs> Richie? Put me in mind. I don't know if you remember. Uh, Wayne might have watched the film. There's a film I watched uh, some time ago called The Future of the Power and Explosion um, by a uh, director. A director called Paul Appleton, and it would have gone fantastic on that. That's a bit of an in joke, but um, <clears throat> yeah, again, it's um, well, it's not for me. It's a, uh, I mean, you can see where the thirty years of experience has, has gone. So, Mike, and Mark, either uh, Mark, Mark, what, what were your thoughts I, on that? I was not expecting to hear a song about abortion today. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot how, how fantastic a astute guest you are. <laughs> <laughs> I pick up on subtleties. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just felt a little like a little too didactic and a bit of like right wing propaganda for me. Yeah, that was the problem with the song. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, was, what was that phrase you taught me earlier? Uh, my khakis Khaki. and whatnot? <laughs> Khaki pants. It's for a different reason this time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't, well. Uh, okay, well, um, oh, God. Well, all right, Look, I, it, it wasn't for me either. And, um, I think, honestly, there were some, there were some nice musical ideas in there that perhaps, um, needed expanding on. Uh, I wasn't a fan of the recording of it. I think he needs a better microphone. Put it oh, I'm sorry, he's been. 
<laughs> I wasn't going to be mean. Oh, it's not being um, mean. I mean, music's me. subjective, but sometimes music is... I, it's it. <laughs> it wasn't great, was it? You know... I'll probably edit that out. <laughs> right, so, uh, yeah. oh, fuck me. Is that a good genre So, following on from the wild card, where, like I said, it could be absolutely anything, we're into the intense hardcore genre musical challenge mode go. Uh, and this week, we have a genre nominated by our guest on the last episode, which was Goes a Good Speed. Uh, and he came across trip hop and asked us to explore the genre. I did not write or record a song this week because I did not have time, but I assume, hope one of you guys did. Uh, but perhaps Katie can tell us a little bit more about the genre first. Uh, yeah, I'm going to get Ka- Katie to tell us a bit, but I did a piece of music but I didn't do any vocals or any vox over the top of it so I'm just going to play it underneath Katie explaining what um, the, the genre is all about so you, you get the explanation and a bit of what I did yeah so Katie tell us all about trip hop please trip hop yeah it's a real thing not just something kids do during their sports day at school <laughs> you know what it is it's like if hip hop electronica and jazz had a love child and then that love child got into a fight with dub, funk, and soul, and this is the sound that came out of it. Trip hop is like the moody brooding cousin of electronic music. It's the genre you listen to when you are feeling a little down and want to wallow in your sadness. It's like the musical equivalent of a rainy day, a cup of tea, and a good cry. The funny thing is, despite its dark and melancholic vibe, Trip hop has been used in some of the most unexpected places, like, it's been used in commercials for such things as car insurance or some some other similar shit. I mean, <laughs> what are they trying to say? Hey, you know what goes great with a policy that covers fender benders? A little dose of existential dread. But hey, I'm not here to knock trip hop. I've had some great nights just lying in my virtual cyber bed staring at the virtual cyber ceiling listening to Portishead. And if that's wrong then I don't want to be right. So yeah, <laughs> next time you are feeling a little blue, just throw on some trip hop and let yourself sink into the abyss. And if anyone asks, just tell them you are being introspective. It's all good. <laughs> Thanks Kate! <laughs> Thank you, Casey, very much. And I really enjoyed that music, Richie. You made that, did you? Yes, I did. Thank you. Very good. Very good. So, uh, Wayne's done a bit. I've also brought an artist as well uh, that sent in some music, I think it was last year, called Cloves. Uh, Do you want to play yours first or do you want us to play Cloves, Wayne? I mean, mine's trip up in a very, 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 very loose sense, but I did have a lot of fun writing it. Let's play Wayne's first. Do you want to tell us a bit about what it is you've done? It's a very loose sense of trip-hop. I sort of did this in the vein of public service broadcasting and not really trip-hop, but I've been listening... I was listening to a lot of, like, Nightmares on Wax and a bit of Faithless as well as... Uh, I can't remember the damn name now. Who, who did Massive Attack. Unfinished Massive Attack. Those sort of things. And they, they use a lot of heavily sampled bits in them, and that's what sort of what led me down this path. Even though he's only slightly trip hop, I believe he's probably more—I don't know what you'd want to call it—but yeah, I enjoyed it either way. I enjoyed making this. So Does it have a name? I'm excited. 
It's called Speedway Tapes Up. We live in an age of speed. Cars, ships, aeroplanes, even man himself are constantly being urged faster and ever faster. Speedway racing is one of the many expressions of this thirst for speed. 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 This thirst for speed. Did you say great jacket? A great champion. Oh, <laughs> it's called his jacket. That was brilliant, Wade. That was really good. Anything else you want to say about it? No, um, I like Speedway. I've been to Speedway all my life, and it's uh, yeah, I, I've, it's sort of opened the door. I wouldn't mind exploring like more songs based around Speedway in that sort of style because there's just thousands of YouTube clips and stuff. I got, fell down a complete rabbit hole and was listening to like little bits of sound bites, and I was like, oh, I could put that in, I could put this in, I could put that in because all that was British Pathy. All of that's from like the 1950s, what I use there, including the five times world world champion over funding winning his fifth world title. That's what that was at the end. So yeah, but it's just fun. How long did it take? Um, about an hour and 40. Yeah, mine was about the same. And that was, that was only because I was fucking around. The song I didn't take very long to write at all, but the samples were really, I hadn't done samples before. So fucking around with them and trying to get the right reverb and right you know or it's not even right to be honest but something that I was happy with took a lot longer than I thought because it's the first time I've done it it took a lot longer than I thought it was going to so yeah about an hour and 40 all in to, but yeah so okay. to be fair the song that Mark is bringing uh, for the artist spotlight could have fit into the I think there's elements of chip hop in your song isn't the mark yeah a little bit definitely electronic definitely uh has a little bit of that trippy sound to it definitely introspective as well assuming that's you know that's we're, we're looking both at lyrics and instrumentation and and arrangement but i really like i really like that that track you did wayne i mean it just sounded great it has a little bit of a craft work vibe but and especially <laughs> taking an hour and 40 minutes to make that i know what it's like to look i mean just to a find the right samples and then b get the effects to where you want them so it doesn't just sound like you just 
dropped a sample in there, but it sounds like part of the music. It's it's really funny because um, you're the second person to say that it sounds a bit craftwork, and it probably does because I like craftwork as well. Um, the reason I, I sort of fell down that entire sample pothole is because of this band called Minus 8 and they start with uh, I believe it's a the launch of a USSR either satellite or something like that so they sample this entire thing at the start of their, their track and then use it a bit further on and then use a bit more of it and I was like oh I like that I'm going to use that sort of thing and then Speedway sort of fell into my head and was like I'm going to do, go and do that the only thing is this, the, the listening back to Trip Hop now I know that I've used the wrong drums on it I've used their two sort of 80s synth so I they need to be a bit more well-rounded but you know it's a learning curve yeah I think that's in the beat on mine wasn't uh, quite trip-hop there's, there's a scale there's some sort of scale when it comes to EDM music it starts at the top you'll have like speed garage which is over the top and then you've got garage and then it'll go down to like drum and bass and then maybe then you'll have you'll have like house deep house dubstep and then this this is this is chilled EDM in fact after I've listened to so much of this week because I couldn't get enough of it this is my new favourite genre house deep house and house has always been my favourite genre but after listening to this this is kind of like yeah this, this, this is my genre yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I love this. I thought this was fucking Because really it's cool. so slow, the tempo is so slow, and the beats are so long, that they have to fill the gaps to so as it doesn't sound empty, and they fill it with such atmosphere. And if it's blended and done properly, it's just beautiful. I love it. We had Koshin. I don't know if I, any of you know Koshin, but we had Koshin on this, this podcast uh, a few seasons ago, and they were pioneers. That Well, up, up, up there with some of the pioneers of this, this music. And... Uh, I was going to try and get back for this episode just to have a quick interview, but uh, I couldn't get hold of her. It did occur to me, by the way, because I, I think you said last time, Rich, that we've already done this um, this genre, and I believe we did, and I believe it was also Gozer who brought it last yeah, time. Yeah, I said that. I said <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And the song that I brought, because it was me, is the Bruce Lee one. Yeah, I've, I've still got that on my playlist. I love it. Yeah, yeah, that was the one I brought. So that's sort of with the, that ringing in my head. That's sort of where I, I really enjoyed yours, Rich. I thought yours was much closer to to being trip up than mine was. So yeah, should have played that in full. Both very, very good. I, I, I really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to Wayne's Speedway Trip Hop album. I think that's going to be exceptional. I want at least 14 tracks. I have actually thought about this far more than I thought I was going to. I, I honestly, genu- genuinely, I've got about six songs ro- rotating in my head at the moment. Going, oh yeah, I could do one about that. And I could do one about this. I don't know if you know what Speedway is, anybody. It's just motorbikes going around the track as fast as I can. Yeah, Faster. it's 500 cc single geared, uh, two stroke. Um, sorry, single cylinder motorbikes with no brakes, and it's not to 60 miles an hour in about two seconds. And it's the only motorsport in the world where you have to accelerate to go around the corner. So for for the average listener, it's bikes. Hmm. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Good. I I mean, I enjoyed that. Are we going to play a real trip hop song or? Yes, we're going to play a song by Cloves. Uh, They sent, like I say, let me have a look, see when they sent it in. Some time ago. We don't get much trip hop, to be honest. Uh, This was. Wow, this was 2021. This this was a. Yeah, it was sent in 2021. Uh, I don't have much on the email. Uh, Katie, do you have much on Cloves? No, couldn't find jack shit, mate. <laughs> Loads of stuff in the email about her music and belly aching about the process, but nothing really about her, other that she came to London from Australia. Doesn't even have a bio on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> let me down there, Katie, let me down. 
Right, so we're going to play a song anyway. I'll leave links to her music and her Spotify without a bio and any socials I can find in the show notes. So if you do like her, and you will like this, you will like this. I've, got, I've had this on my regular listening playlist since we had the email come through ages ago. So yeah, this is Cloves with the song Manic. that was Manic by Cloves absolutely giving Massive Attack a run for their money there with that fantastic track a really good track Wayne anything to say yeah the uh, the chord structure is very similar to mine just FYI yeah well I did think for a second if I just played Wayne's again it's the same sort of, just, just sort of descending up descending down and the same four chords or three chords what I used but yeah lovely I loved it it was great it was full on trip hop fantastic if you want an example of trip hop that's it right there excellent yeah I completely agree it's a, it's a genre I'm a big fan of really really love it I think you guys have done an excellent job and that is a fantastic representation of the genre right there as well so yeah good uh, good genre challenge this week I was impressed and pleased uh, any closing thoughts Mark or should we move on uh, I think um, your robot's name's Katie yeah 
I think she had a guest vocal on there. Was she a, was she a feature on that one? <laughs> I heard something that sounded maybe like her, a little robotic. I'll disagree with you, Mark, because nobody got pulled, called a ball bag. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 a fair point. Very fair point. Um, otherwise, it's, yeah, great tune. Great tune. Haunting. I love that haunting quality to it. And I think, uh, I think Richie, someone earlier was saying that just the, the need to fill space because the slow kind of moves along at uh, a stately pace and because of that it there's this need to have a vocalist who can carry that and sing in a somewhat slow way as opposed to like spitting out rhymes or something like yeah that. but that's why i didn't do any vocals this week so usually we try to infuse beastie boys into everything and me trying to do intergalactic over that would have just sounded shit <laughs> I will say about um, doing doing the challenge we do every week. I find it incredibly liberating because there's no you can't hang about. It's like we got a podcast in two weeks. It takes me a week to realise what sort of sound I want to get, and then everything is like first or second take. It's like it's it is incredibly liberating. It's like if it's not right, tough. It's just out there, and I say you're done. As a failed musician in my previous life, it's how I would do things now. I wasn't very confident in mine this week. That's why I lowered the, the level and put Katie over the top. I thought it was good. I thought it was good. I think it's great. I mean, I didn't I didn't have any time at all this time, but um, I really, really enjoyed doing the punk one a couple of weeks ago for that exact reason. It was just like, you just, you have to throw yourself into it and quickly do it. And because there's no time to fuck around and change things, it was just like, you just back it up, it's not perfect, but it kind of works. I really, really enjoyed that. So It works perfect for the show because we've got 90 minutes. That's the the challenge 90 minutes and see what you can do and it works perfectly so we're not trying like i've said in the past we're not trying to create a really good piece of music we're just trying to give an example of the genre and have some fun in the process we accidentally do sometimes that's what i'm yeah. about we accidentally do because you've made some bangers rich just by accident you know just much chucking stuff i thought together. mike's last week you was know, one yeah. that was easily one of the best we've had i, I oh, agree very much. appreciate that so we need to choose a genre for next time guys uh mark can you pick a letter between a and z or Z? Um, L. L. How many L's have we got, Wayne? We've just got one page. One page. So pick a number between one and about 30. 17. Uh, I don't know. Well, it's two down from Liquindy, which started this whole fucking randomness. Oh, fuck me. Holy shit. All right. It's called Lagobi. Is that, isn't that a desert? No. <laughs> it's a form of it's Z. O-U-G-L-O-U So Zoglo influenced by uh, influenced by the French colonists of in the uh, in the Ivory Coast Ah oh. oh know it well You know that one yeah So exactly. Zoglu I think it is is like a dance and this is the music that accompanies the dance and it's all to do with French people in Ivory Coast Should we choose another one? No <laughs> That's not how, how this am I, I going to reproduce a dance on the podcast? <laughs> it's, the, it's the music that accompanies the dance. There's a whole playlist on Spotify called Legobi Vibes. You'll be fine. There you go. It'll be easy. It's got a picture of Homer Simpson with his head and his hands on it. <laughs> <laughs> now that's just me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's move this along, Mike. Jesus. <laughs> I don't know. How. Uh, what's coming on? All right, yeah, so that was the intense hardcore genre musical challenge mode go where we explored the wonderful genre of trip hop and had a brilliant time doing so. We look forward to the next one. Now we're going to move on to Wayne, who's going to tell us a little bit from history in his section, Don't Know Much About History. 
everybody. Back so soon to the History Corner. Now here we are again. Uh, on the last episode, we did, it was the, uh, sort of like the oldest known melody from history. And then it got me thinking about, I wonder what the first recorded bit of music is in history and when it was and how it came about. So it was in 1857 and it was by a guy called Edward Lescott de Martinville. And he recorded himself onto this thing called a Fon Autograph and he recorded a version of Eau Claire de Lune. Uh, he invented the Fon Autograph. Uh, it is a instrument, it's like a big horn, and it records sound waves onto, and as undulations, onto like blackened uh, paper and glass as, as sort of like rhythms and, and motions. Uh, what he didn't do after doing this, he didn't record, he didn't invent something that you could play these recordings on. So these things were lost for time out of mind. So forgotten about is basically all the way because Thomas Edison came along and invented the, the phonograph and then, you know, the, the waxed cylinders and all that sort of stuff that could be recorded and then replayed. It's, like I say, it's mainly forgotten. Uh, and then in 2008, a group of US researchers from the First Sounds Collective digitally converted the recordings and uh, this is what they sound like. Still better than the wild card. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what you heard there is the first thing you heard was the original. Uh, so when they they first digitally compressed it and, and tried to make sounds, that's the original. And by the end is what they've got. To, up to up to now so this thing was lost for pretty much ever because he didn't have a way of doing it so we had to wait well we had to wait for technology to catch up so you could hear that I mean I should have saved that for the Halloween special to be honest because that is scary as all buggery isn't it yeah I've got Amateurville from there it's, it's something out of straight out of like a a, a a Blumhouse film you know like Insidious or something like that you know the thing in the corner just singing that song yeah uh, so this thing is the thing he invented this fun autograph it's like a massive horn and it's it it's like a Richter scale so if you imagine how a Richter scale records earth tremors it's the same sort of thing you scream into it and it records the undulation sound waves and that's what he did obviously he didn't have a way to do it but that's what you just heard is the earliest recognisable record of the human voice and the earliest recognisable record of music I must admit the first time I ever recorded anything <laughs> which probably was about 100 years ago um, when I was just screaming into a horn and it didn't sound dissimilar <laughs> to that it was, it was slightly worse admittedly but uh, you know I'm, I've never been a great musician um, but yeah it was, uh, 
not dissimilar to what there's a certain familiarization there but it is fascinating isn't it i mean obviously it's not going to sound like you know uh, the wild card for example but, but obviously you've got a team of researchers working on this how much money did i mean they've got this thing that they discovered it's like wow this is like the first ever recorded thing but how much money went into it how much time and then after all that they listened back at that and went oh see for a minute there I thought you meant that Wayne had a team of researchers helping him write the history lesson every week no 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 no, no. how much are you paying these people to come out with this that's not something they could have done in a a week that would have taken them a long time a lot of money would have been injected into it probably because you know researchers they don't have their own fucking money they don't have real jobs so somebody's got to invest in it and you can imagine the investor when he gets it as well listen back to that oh money well spent I mean you say it's not something that could have been done in a week I mean I think we all did a better version of something like that in 90 minutes so I mean it, it, yeah <laughs> I mean, you, it was a long time ago Mike but uh, yeah, even so right, yeah. I mean sometimes I think just because you can doesn't mean you should to, to, in fairness to um, the Martinville it was about 25 years before anybody got anywhere near doing that sort of same technology and it took like I mean Thomas Edison had a fucking team he had he had factories full of people working on his inventions so he had a team of people understanding how this worked a lot of it a lot of this uh, early you know what what we end up you know you're listening to in your uh, on your phone it all dates back to this sort of thing and most of it started in Paris most of it started in France this is where de Martinville came from he came from Paris they got some great names this one's like the fun autograph the next one along is like the fun diddly doobie bon or something like that it is some great names <laughs> It's like, let's just call it something stupid that's got a Latin-y type name and then that was about another 10 years after this so this this guy was an absolute pioneer Edison had the advantage though didn't he because all of his factory workers could work at any hour because of the light bulbs <laughs> very good <laughs> uh, right well here ends the lesson anyway yeah so there is uh, Edward Leon Scott de Martinville's or Claire de Lune which is the first recorded piece of music in history right let's move on to the artist spotlight Yeah, we've come to the end, or nearly the end, of another episode of You Haven't Heard This Music Podcast. It'll be a lot shorter when you hear it than the version that we've just recorded. Uh, But before we get to the end, uh, we need to close this week's episode by talking to our guest, because we haven't heard much from him throughout the show. So so you do a lot, right? You're, 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 as you say, you're a musician, blogger radio show host all sorts of stuff you obviously have this incredible passion for music and new music and independent music specifically where where does that come from like what is it that drives you to do all these things do you think i think part of it is i just get so kind of just pissed off at corporate america i mean i come from i went to college in the 90s and at the time it was everyone had you know the bumper sticker whatever that says corporate rock sucks and I just feel like I've just always clung to that just as part of my identity. The sense of anything corporate just sucks. And I just, because of that, I just feel like I just need to, anyone who's out there making music, anyone who's out there trying to to just do something different needs someone in their corner. And I know I've been in that position and I'm still in that position. You know, I still, I'm like, I'm so happy that you guys have me on right now. I just know what it feels like to be someone whose music, no one, you know, no large number of people listen to that much. But that when someone just, you don't even know, just comes up and says like, hey, I liked your song. 
uh, let's do an interview or, hey, I like your music. I'm going to play it on my radio show just out of nowhere. That just feels great. And I like mm. being able to do that for other people. That's fantastic. We all struggle with that, don't we? Like I, I, I always say I'm basically an anarchist, but then if I want something next day, I still use Amazon. Do you ever sort oh, yeah. of struggle? <laughs> There's that moral struggle with, uh, you know, being against all things corporate, but also kind of buying into the convenience of some of it. Do you ever feel that? Oh, yeah, yeah. My hypocrisy knows no bounds. <laughs> we've all been there tell us about the star crumbles tell us about your music because that's what this is really about yeah the star crumbles started about a year ago when i emailed my friend brian lambert he lives in denton texas and that's hundreds thousands of miles away from philadelphia and um he had just finished the 52 week song challenge where he wrote and recorded one song every week for a year and since he was done that and I had a piece of music I just wrote to him and just said hey uh, now that you have some free time feel like writing some lyrics for this and recording some vocals and he did it was a cool song what was that called I can't even remember what it was called but we recorded our first album it came out last year we did a cover of uh, Personal Jesus by Depeche Mode mm. in December and then uh, this year we've been working on a new album. We have about we have about six tracks more or less recorded. Probably going to do another four or five just to round it out. And uh, right now it's really it's mostly like on Brian's end of things, working on lyrics, recording vocals, and part of the issue we've run into a little bit is uh, he had COVID for a little while there, so it, it really knocked him down for a little while, and uh, he couldn't. Being the singer, he couldn't do do that that end of things. Yeah, it's a real bugger when you lose your voice and you're supposed to be singing. I once played yeah. a gig and the singer got laryngitis. We kind of made him play it and then we all regretted it. Worst gig ever. Uh, everyone thought it was shit, including the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? As you know, he'll he'll be all right as long as he uh, you know can get over the COVID and get over the Rona, get back on it. It'll all be good. There's no pressure yeah, on yeah. time when you do it on your own, is it? That's the thing. Like you set yourself deadlines, but you don't actually have to do it. Which is yeah, which is also the cool thing about being independent and which is the cool thing about just being able to set our own timeline it's all right well you know ideally hey we'd love to have an album out in june or july but if that doesn't happen no one's gonna sue us or anything like that richie wayne would you like to ask mark any questions just tell us a bit about this song that you brought uh the song is so the way we usually write music is i will write the instrumental track and brian will write and record the vocals and I never know what Brian's going to do. I never know what the melody's going to sound like, anything along those lines. And with this one, I was immediately struck by just what a great job just Brian did, not only with writing writing lyrics that that I felt asked some really interesting questions. I mean, the, the basic premise is uh, the song is called Get What You Are. And the idea there, just from interpreting his lyrics, is... You need to understand yourself, like get who you are before you can move ahead in your life and get to where you want to be. And there are some really cool lines in there. There's one line that asks, the, the line is, did you break free from the you you were becoming? And when I heard that line, I was like, that is a cool line. Because to me, it's like, it just shows how important it is to be self-aware. And it shows how important it is to be able to say like, oh crap, I'm going down this like shitty path in my life. In order for me to break free from this shitty path, I first have to recognize that and make decisions about who I want to be so I don't become that person. 
And just when I heard that, I was like, that is just a really cool sentiment, but expressed in just an amazing way. And and that just made me think like, yeah, this is going to be this song has to be the first single we released, because I think that captures the theme of our album in a nutshell. Very cool. And did you say, um, I think it was off air, did you say this is a demo version? Did I hear that yeah, right? Yeah, this is kind of a rough mix. It's We're getting really close. Brian and I are both both involved in, in both mixing and mastering what we do, and we're both tech geeks in that respect. And the great thing about working with Brian, though, is that I, I do not have a whole lot of patience to sit through a YouTube video explaining how to do something like side-chaining a mix or something like that side chaining a channel when you're trying to get the bass to kick but you know you still want the vocal to be present because it'll be a 15 minute video where it's like hi everyone hey let me tell you and and it's like subscribe to my channel yeah 10 minutes of preamble to get to oh and here's the easy thing to do so the cool thing about working with brian is he'll just be like oh do this and it'll it'll be an email and it'll just be a sentence or two it's like oh okay that makes sense and i'll do it and it'll work. So it, it saves me all of that time and effort of just sitting through like, oh man, I can't sit through a YouTube. I don't, <laughs> my brain can't focus for five minutes. Are you crazy? And ironically, you're much more likely to subscribe to him as a result of that than <laughs> being told to for 10 minutes, I find. What have you got coming up uh, for the rest of the, the year? Have you got any plans? Have you got anything happening so we can get you back on in the future? Um, I mean, when the album comes out, that'll be something to talk about. I'm kind of in the background, always working on a little bit of a solo project with uh, just songs that where I kind of do everything more or less. When you do release the album or whether you want to do it before, let me know and we'll get you on a B-side and we can go through the album with you and you can tell us about all run through each track or something. So I want to start doing albums on the B-side. Cool. So, yeah, Mark, thank you for joining mike do you want to run us out oh yeah of course yeah so uh we will play that song in a minute in the meantime better close this week's episode if you haven't heard this music podcast i hope you've enjoyed it as much as i have i've been mike i've been richie i've been wayne and our guest has been i've been mark thanks for listening if indeed you still are
show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs> 